This episode of Why We Love is brought to you by Friendly City Books, Columbus, Mississippi's independent bookstore. Learn more at FriendlyCityBooks.com. And welcome to Why We Love, the Friendly City Books podcast, where we talk all about the books that we love. Today, we are talking about books that celebrate queer joy. And with me today is Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Caroline. So we are super excited about this one. Obviously, in honor of Pride Month, we wanted to give a shout out to some of our absolute favorite queer books, um, but especially ones that are happy and joyful and celebratory. So just as a primer, we define queer joy as books where queer identity is not a primary source of pain, ostracization, or self-hate for our characters. So these are books where being gay, bi, pan, ace, trans, gender fluid, etc. is not only an integral part of the characters, but it is something to be celebrated and deserving of love and acceptance. Yeah. So without further ado, let's dive into our recommendations. My first recommendation is The Gunkle by Stephen Rowley. So this is one of my favorite, favorite books. It lives forever on my staff recommendation shelf. It is, Aaron and I were talking about this earlier, that mm-hmm. it's maybe for a little bit of a um, an older crowd. And by older, I mean like 30s and 40s. I am in my 30s, and this book really, really spoke to me. Aaron, who is in his early 20s, was like, um, not there yet. Yeah, um, it's like for gays of a certain age. Yes. But so um, I think that the gunkle is a good one to start with because I think it's a really strong example of how queer joy is not only just about being happy. Like we're not saying you can only be happy because this book will make you sob like a little baby. <laughs> like you need your t- box of tissues on standby reading this book. It will emotionally devastate you, but it will also like build you up and mm-hmm. make you so happy at the exact same time. So our main character, Patrick, is a formerly famous sitcom star who has retired to Palm Springs. He is living a very fabulous retired life, um, having a great time doing everything he's ever wanted to do, but kind of in this period of his life where he's like, who am I now that I am kind of past my prime, if you will? Um, and he suddenly without warning, his best friend dies and he is kind of thrust into this role of sole guardian for her two young children, Maisie and Grant. So not only does he have to grieve the loss of his best friend, but he also has to help Maisie and Grant through the loss of their mother and like this huge uprooting of their life. So first and foremost, this is a book about grief, but it is also tremendously about found family and honoring the people that you love. And, um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's bittersweet in the best possible way. And it is about just celebrating the people you love mm-hmm. and celebrating yourself too. Yeah. Um, and he also has a new book that, uh, just came out May 30th. It's called the celebrants. Um, I have not picked it up yet, but I'm very excited too. I know that anytime Stephen Rowley writes a new book that I'm going to be 
a wreck. (laughs) Oh yeah, on it, but also devastated. But yeah, so that's a good, fun adult one. And then on top of that, I also have a nonfiction pick. So this one's called Here For It or How to Save Your Soul in America by R. Eric Thomas. This is a nonfiction essay collection where R. Eric Thomas uh, explores his own lived experiences of being gay. being a gay black man who grew up feeling like he was always on the outside looking in. It is super tender and endearing, but also really, really funny. And I I read this one right after I left Philly. He's an author who lives in Philly. So it was kind of a fun thing for me to kind of relate to some of the stories that he was talking about or even just be like, oh, yeah, I know. I know exactly where that like Been restaurant there. is. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> But the thing that really struck me was how hopeful all of his stories were. And that was a really nice common thread to all of his anecdotes and reflections, because obviously he's talking about his life and his life has not all been rosy. But he looks at it from this perspective of saying, like, we look towards the future with hope. Sure. And I'm stealing this directly from the publisher because I can't do words like they can do words. So to quote them, um, here for it will resonate deeply and joyfully with everyone who has ever felt pushed to the margins, struggled with self-acceptance or wished, wished to shine more brightly in a dark world. Stay here for it. The future may surprise you. And that really wraps up this book for me yeah. in, a, in a great descriptor way. So, yeah, it's a really special one. The thing that sticks out to me about this book is that just the sense of ostracization Mm -hmm. that I feel like he has to feel because one being a gay person already, you're like, you don't fit in. Mm -hmm. And then a black person or a black gay person on top of that. Yeah. And he, he also really talks in depth about how, um, how his faith community and his sexual Mm. identity really, uh, kind of were at odds with each other. Yeah. Um, and processing that, but also going to a school in an affluent white suburb and how he was very much on the outside for that as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting to see somebody who, um, who has experienced all of these things and yet is able to look at it in this really kind of optimistic way. It's I not think like doom and gloom. Right. And it's, it's, you know, it's not to say that we can't look at things in, with doom and gloom, yeah. uh, but this is a really cool perspective to experience and read for yourself. Um, okay. Aaron. Yes. What is one of your favorite books that you want to recommend to people? So this is both of these recommendations are actually kind of newer reads for me, mm-hmm. but so my first one, it's called A Marvelous Light. It's by um, the author Freya Marsk. Um, whenever I was first looking at this book, actually, I was like, do I really want to read a book following two gay men around written by a woman? But she did really well. Like, it's such a, it feels like it's written from the gaze of just like a gay dude. And it's it's a really nice read. It's, so it's like a fantasy romance. There's, um, it's this beautiful world of magic. And the magic itself is just really, it's nice how they talk about it or how she talks about it in her book. Um, it's also a little bit of a mystery because mm-hmm. there's some murders that happen. And But anyways, so um, really how it starts is you meet the, the main character. He uh, His parents have just died. He is thrust into the life of being a baron. Mm-hmm. And he is also put, like, suggested into this new job. Um, but turns out this job is for like the magical society and he has never heard of, well, he's heard of magic. Yeah. But like he didn't know it was a real thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's already like totally confused, thrust into this new office space. He gets swept into this like 
magical problem that's going on. It doesn't tell you much about what's happening, um, but he gets a curse laid on him. Oh. And so they go out through the book and he meets this man named Edwin Corsi mm-hmm. in the office building that he's working now. And it takes or Edwin takes him and he meets his family and all these things and they figure it out and they slowly fall in love. It's the most like you see it coming, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, these people are going to they're going to love each other. But they uh, it's so it's but one of the whenever I was first reading the book, they said um, there was a a review and one of the lines in the review said long looks full of yearning. And I was like, oh, cute. Love that. So as I was reading it, I see what they were meaning by these long looks full of uh, yearning because how it's told in the story, it's, I just really like how uh, Freya writes, I guess, because she doesn't tell you what's happening when they're staring at each other, but you just get it. Like you get the vibe, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And it's kind of, correct me if I'm wrong. It's kind of like one of the, uh, like a gaslight mystery gas lamp or no, not gaslight. Wow. No, I'm so <laughs> I was sorry. Like, they do gaslight. Each other, no, yeah, but. <laughs> it's, it's a, uh, a gas lamp mystery slash romance where it's kind of set in like 1890s to 1910 yes. kind of that world. That was another thing I loved about it is, so it's got this like fanciful magic going on mm-hmm. and they allow being gay to be okay in the book and mm-hmm. so you like you know the time period it yeah. wasn't a thing or maybe it was a thing but it was bad mm-hmm. um and it's not bad here anymore so that was a super fresh perspective that i really liked that drew me to this book yeah it uh that's been one that's been on my my tbr shelf for like way too long and i have no good excuse for <laughs> not having read it yet especially because there is a second book out already mm-hmm. and then it's a trilogy so the third book is coming out in november um and that's going to wrap it all up so i'm very very excited i need to get on this train yeah. before it's too late so well the next boat or the next book takes place on a boat so there we go all aboard <laughs> yep <laughs> and it's sapphic too so it's not just it's not just for the men yeah it's so, so cute and that one actually reminds me of um, my next pick which is the witches of thistle grove series uh, by Lana Harper. So this is a romance series that is all about witches. It is uh, set in this town, a magical town called Thistle Grove. They have these rival magical families who all specialize in different magic. So you've got like necromancy, illusions, green magic. It's really cool. And it's kind of this like fun sandboxy vibe where you can play in this world yourself and be Mm. like, oh, which family would I be a part of? You know what I mean? Like, it's really Uh cute. Um, But the the thing that kind of reminds me of A Marvelous Light is that um, each of the different books represents the LGBTQ community in like a different way. Okay. Um, so every romantic duo has some sort of LGBTQ representation, but it's different each time. Mm-hmm. So my favorite one is Payback's a Witch, which is the first one. It's a sapphic romance between two bi women. Um, it's almost like the Triwizard Tournament meets John Tucker Must Die. <laughs> um, basically, like uh, our main character, Emmy, she comes home to host this uh, spell casting competition that basically determines which family will be the most powerful family who runs the town for the next generation pretty oh, nice. much. And so she's running the competition. Her friends are competing in it, but so is this guy, uh, Gareth Blackmore, who is her ex-boyfriend. He is 
ugh, you know, just the worst. And, right. And she gets home and basically finds out that her best friend, Lyndon Thorne, and uh, this other girl, Talia, are uh, both... They think that they're both Garrett's girlfriends, but he's dating them both at the same time. So they're like, Gareth must die. And (laughs) so um, they pretty much team up together to beat him in the competition and maybe fall in love in the process. It's very, very cute. It's a lot of fun. Um, The second one in the series is Bad to Cursed. Then the the third is Back in a Spell. And then the fourth one in Charm's Way is coming out in August. So this is a fun series that's like you're not too far in like there's not 30 books right yeah. like you can read three romance books before august and still be there on pub day and mm-hmm. be like i'm so excited for this new one so really really love that one um and i feel like i've been like everyone who will listen who's like in romance is like i'm like have you tried a witchy romance because <laughs> i have the series for you we have so many fun things happening at friendly city books make sure you never miss an event or sale by signing up for our email newsletter at friendlycitybooks.com So my next recommendation is actually a customer suggestion that we got. Um, I had a wonderful conversation with a customer who suggested that I pick up this novella. It's called Finna by Nino Cipri. And this book is just so precious to quote the publisher, Mm -hmm. a fun queer story about low wage workers traveling through wormholes to find a missing grandmother and themselves. It is a little novella, so super fast. Uh, the audiobook is only three hours long, but basically, a customer at not IKEA uh, slips into a portal accidentally that sends her to another dimension. And two of not IKEA's employees, Ava and Jules, are sent into the wormhole after her to bring her back. Mm. But they end up going through all of these different uh, universes and dimensions, and some are hostile and scary, and some have swashbuckling space pirates. It's it's super cute, and they end up kind of falling in love in the process, and mm-hmm. it's just really adorable um, and just so much fun and unique in a way that makes it feel fresh and like you haven't necessarily read something like this before. And there is a sequel called Defect that uh, also exists out there that is a little bit longer, but it's still really, really great. Very cute, very wholesome. Um, it just, it, it's a feel good adventure. Yeah. Mm. You know, the the whole like feel good thing gets me to my next recommendation. Um, it's called The Lord of the White Hell by Jen Hale. I believe I'm saying that right. So this is probably one of my new favorite books. Um, it's so it's about this young, like mechanist mm-hmm. prodigy who goes to this all boys boarding school. He goes from, um, or he comes from his home homeland where like gender norms aren't quite a thing, or gender norms as we know it aren't a thing. Right. Um, like the women, they pass everything down to their daughters. Mm-hmm. So. And like the men get married off. So it's it's really interesting. But so at this boarding school where he's sent to, he it's a whole different type of like ideals and morals surrounding where he is now because mm-hmm. it's it's much more like a society as we know it. It's like he comes from one place, goes to another. So he gets to the school and he is sent to go to a um a dorm where no one else is gonna live with this one guy. His name or he is the Lord of the White Hell. It's like this thing that got opened up and gave him these spooky magical powers. And magic isn't quite a theme in this book, but there's some. It's more about 
like um you know how you were talking ooh, you know how we were talking about um Harry Potter yeah and how it's kind of like that how he's out of school yeah. going to classes stuff like that uh-huh but he the main character his name's Kiram uh our little prodigy he meets his roommate for the first time and immediately he's like oh this man's pretty but I could never have him because of how things are here um Long story short, he does end up having him. Um, and this is also an older published book. So it came out in 2010. And there's a second one. But one of the fav- my favorite things about this book is how it portrays young gay love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like that, for lack of a better word, sleazy, how gay men are typically portrayed in many books and media as like these deviants constantly going after stuff. It's such like a just a natural, wholesome progression from people who just met and then are we friends? Are we friends to like, Oh, I really, really like you. And I just finished this and I, I'm kicking myself for not ordering the second book whenever I ordered the first one, because I'm, it's such just, there were times I'm not a person to get excited. Like whenever I'm reading a book, I'm like, Oh, these books are so cute. There were times I had to put this book down and just be like, yes, yes, yes. Because it was just all working out so perfectly. Um, but yeah. That's my second recommendation. It sounds super cute. And, you know, it kind of, the way that you're talking about it, reminds me a lot of Casey McQuiston Mm. a little bit. Um, So Casey McQuiston is a a Southern queer author, um, best known for Red, White, and Royal Blue, Mm -hmm. One Last Stop, um, which are two of probably the most popular books in the entire bookstore. I mean, I I feel like we, I am a huge uh Red, White, and Royal Blue fan. Um, I think it's actually about to come out as like a TV show too. Um, I know, something to look forward to. But Rachel absolutely loves One Last Stop. Um, They are also both really, really great examples of queer joy and romance. I mean, literally at the end of Red, White, and Royal Blue. So it's Red, White, and Royal Blue is a romance between the the American president's son Mm -hmm. and the prince of England. And they have this just tender, beautiful romance that is so natural and like it's just this like sweet sweet love it doesn't feel like a it's not like a force like we have to be yeah yeah because i know exactly what you're talking about and i just this is such a great example of that too where you know there there are some steamy scenes but it's not Mm -hmm. there is such a delicate love to it and i just i remember finishing that book and like crying my eyes out at the end when they there's this whole line about like history huh and how they're making history and um it's just it's so just tender and sweet and i think it really shows a really important side Mm -hmm. um to to gay love that isn't necessarily always shown especially in some of the the more adult literature yeah Um, that gets so lost mm -hmm. but yeah i very much i see that completely and i i i think every single one of those things books that we just talked about are are fantastic examples of that for Mm -hmm. sure and then i have one that is maybe a little off the wall a tiny bit so uh, this one is called light from Uh uncommon stars by reka aoki and this book is so hard to explain because on one end, it's got fantasy. On the other end, it's got sci-fi. I mean, it has so much going on. It's got Faustian bargains, spaceships, donuts, romance. Mm. Like, it, it is such a great read, but you will never read anything quite like this book. The The main character is Katrina. She is a young trans woman who has run away from home and is trying to make it on her talents as a violin player. 
And then we have uh, Shizuka Satomi, who is a famous violin teacher who has made a deal with the devil to deliver the souls of her seven best violin students in exchange for her freedom from a Faustian bargain that she made many, many years ago. Catching up to her. Yes. And so Katrina is Shizuka's seventh and final student. But can she sacrifice Katrina's soul mm-hmm. for her own is kind of the where we get to in the book. Um, and then... On top of all of that, we have this completely wonderful secondary plot about a family of interstellar refugees who are running a donut shop. And Shizuka goes in there all the time as a customer, and there's a romance that comes from that. And it's just so sweet and wonderful. And I love this family so much. They are so precious. And the way that they connect with Katrina and Shizuka is just really, really special. And I do want to give a heads up, though, because Katrina in this book really, really does struggle with self-worth. The family that she ran away from is very horrible. Mm -hmm. And at one point they do pop up and uh, they do what they once again. Yeah. Behave horribly. Mm -hmm. And so that is a variable in this book, but it is not a predominant theme. Um, It is not or it isn't her living in this darkness. This is her growing as a human being, getting out of that situation, being in a much better situation. And she grows so much as the story goes on that I think it's a really great example of how like when we surround ourselves with people who embrace us and believe in us, it helps us become our best selves. Right. And so I don't want to exclude this book from the category just because there are hardships because we all go through hardships. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't also have queer joy as yeah, well. Yeah, and what is joy without hardship? Right. And the happy ever after in this one is super great too. Uh. So I can't exclude it. It's so great. <laughs> so we saved the best one for last. Mm-hmm. One last recommendation. Um, it is Legends and Lattes <laughs> by <laughs> Travis Baldry. So this book is also a Friendly City Books bestseller. It yeah. is so, so cute. It is probably the warmest hug in book form that you could possibly imagine. Um, think cozy fantasy, think Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Basically, what the summary of the book, if you will, is Viv, our main character, is an orc barbarian. Um, she's burnt out and looking to retire from her life as a fearsome warrior. So she opens the first ever coffee shop in this kind of Ren Faire-esque town. And the town's name is Thune. Um, and she gets there and is just like, cool, it's just set up shop. And no, everyone's like, what? what is this hot bean water you're making over here? Um, And it's kind of this like cast of unlikely characters who come in and join her and help her build her business, but also become her community. Mm -hmm. Um, And she finds love along the way. And eventually you're so invested in the story that you kind of forget that you're reading about, you know, orcs and succubi and all of these fantastical characters because you just, they're humans and we love them so much because they are such beautifully formed characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And we want them to be happy and succeed. But also Travis Baldry started out as an audiobook narrator. So I have to give a shout out to the audiobook for this book because um, it's only seven hours long. He does different voices for every single character. I mean, he puts in so much work on this. He does the most and it really is such a payoff because it is a complete and total blast to listen to. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw the cover of this book, I immediately was like, oh, because it's kind of just like a silly cover. It's, it looks like just, it looks like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I don't know, but it's reading through it. It's like, 
playing like a role play game, role play game like that, but in book form. Yeah. So much fun. And I think one of or two of things that I really like about that book is the the main character does the she has like this struggle with her self worth mm-hmm. because you know like she's done all these bad things in the past mm-hmm. and now she's trying to be happy again. So yeah, that's I feel like that's a a main theme and actually a lot of LGBTQ plus people's lives is do I deserve this happiness? You know because you've constantly been told wrong, wrong, wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And I also think that there's an element of this book that is. And not like go take candy from strangers, but that like sometimes the kindness of strangers will surprise you. Yes. And fulfill you in a way that you didn't know that it could. Which was my other thing that I really liked is the found community in this. Yes. Such also a big thing in the lives of LGBTQ plus people. Right. Because oftentimes we're not placed somewhere where we can, you know, find acceptance. And it's it's almost like this book does it subliminally. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful yeah i mean i think that there's definitely some common themes in a lot of these which are characters who have recently gotten out of bad situation Mm -hmm. or whether it's um you know characters who are finding family i think these are really common themes with queer joy because i think they really represent that exit from hardship and that moment of happily ever after and that moment of i am free to let down my guard and to be the the yeah. inner human that I am on the outside and I can trust these people and, and to be myself. Mm-hmm. And every time you read a new story like that, it's like experiencing that all over again because you get that surge of like confidence and comfortability and you're like, Ugh. now the, the people in the book are fake, but you're like, they get to feel it now too. Right. Ugh. Or like if you're kind of going through something yeah. that's not so great, it's always nice to read a book like this because it's a good reminder that like this is on the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna we're gonna get to this, and this is a, a downship or a downturn maybe now, but like we're gonna get to these kind of positive stories. And I think they also are important. Kind of, I mean, I know that they're fictional characters, but like kind of good role models in a way of yeah. being like this is a goal, this is a life goal right here. Like I should move to Thune and open up a coffee shop and Got a have plan a f- to get now. Yeah, totally. Like these are things where you know we can see this and say, I want this. Point to that. This is mm-hmm. this is my goal. Which um, is another thing that's always lacking for young LGBT people. Right. Because you don't have anything to look forward to. You mm-hmm. know? But yeah, these little books, these comfort books, I guess. Yeah. Perfect for it. So, um, well, I hope you like these recommendations. Aaron, thank you so much for, for, for talking me. with me today. <laughs> um, definitely, if you're looking for more books like this, come into the store. We have so many more where that came from, and we are always excited to share them with you and really anyone who will listen. So um, mm-hmm. come talk to us. Come hang out with us, and uh, we'll find the book for you. So until next time, happy Pride. And happy Pride. Happy reading. Bye. This episode of Why We Love was produced and hosted by Caroline Barbie and co-hosted by Aaron Rischel. Music by Hartle Road. Why We Love is part of the Friendly City Books podcasting network. Hey there, it's Caroline. Thanks for listening. Support Friendly City Books and other independent bookstores like us by shopping online at bookshop.org and libro.fm. Follow us on social media at Friendly City Books and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Happy reading!